If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 20 minutes or so, we have some fun conversation. We talk about mental health. We always have fun, Sal. And physical health. And uh, are they separate or are they the same thing? It's all one. We talk about ketones versus glucose, uh, the benefits of each. Which one does your body run better on? Exactly. And then we talk mm. about the increases of antidepressant use. I also mentioned Thrive all Market. All that matter all lovers out there. Exactly. I also mentioned Thrive Market in this episode. Don't forget, you can go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump and get some a bunch of free stuff, free membership, $20 off your first three orders of $49 or more, and free shipping. That's right. They love you. They do. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, what is the proper way to bulk up? Is there a more effective way? Is there a less effective way? How do we recommend you do it? Pizza bulking. The second question is, uh, how do you read studies? In other words, what do you look for? How do you determine if the studies are credible and if you should take them seriously? I deferred this one to Sal. Yeah, like red wine burns body fat. No, it doesn't. Next question was uh, about cardio. We talk about it in terms of if you overdo it, it may sacrifice longevity. This particular person is saying, well, if that's true, then why do we see these 60-year-old triathletes who are just kicking ass? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to look like a skinny raisin? Ask yourself that. Exactly. My telomeres are telling me other things. I think he just wanted to use telomeres. Yeah, telomeres. I think that's what that was. <laughs> and finally, what are the top five <laughs> most functional lifts? We have a little debate about that, but I think at the end we have a consensus. Also, uh, MAPS Anabolic, it's our foundational program. It includes trigger sessions. Now, you don't find the trigger session concept almost in any other program. It's extremely effective. Unless it's being copied. It's the program that kind of got us our start. If, you're, if you haven't done any of our programs, this is the place to get started. It is excellent for building strength, building muscle. It's a three-phased workout. It's Three about, days a week. It's about nine uh, weeks long, uh, not counting pre-phase. If you count pre-phase, it's about 12 weeks long. Uh, extremely effective. You can find it at mindpumpmedia. Don't forget, too, all the programs have a 30-day money-back guarantee also. That's right. I did want to uh, talk to you guys about something kind of interesting. Uh, when we went, we met with Rob Wolf. Then we had Chris Kresser here, which uh, we don't know when his episode's going to air, if it was before this one or, or after. But anyway, Chris Kresser, brilliant guy in the world of functional medicine and wellness. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about um, this silent epidemic, uh, uh, the mental health epidemic that's exploding, that's crazy, and it completely mirrors the physical health epidemic. Like, we know now how, how poor health contributes to anxiety, depression, um, you know, all, all ADHD, you know, all these, these mental disorders, even... Right. Um, uh, and then we're medicating on top of that and we're getting all the symptoms uh, as resulting from that as well. Well, but besides that, we are seeing... We have this explosion in poor health. Of course, we're going to have this explosion in poor mental health. So I looked up some statistics. This is going to blow you guys well, away. Well, is this from the, the study he sent over to you or is this something totally No, different? no, no. So that spurred it because he did send me a study. So uh, the study that he showed me was that people with... Uh, immune, uh, autoimmune inflammatory disorders like irritable bowel syndrome or multiple sclerosis are at much, much, much higher risk for um, uh, mental disorders like depression or anxiety. And, um, and that's an obvious connection, especially now that we have studies that show how inflammation contributes to those and how poor gut health contributes to those and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just incredible how we try to separate the two when they're actually both, they're one and the same. Health is health. Right. And so I looked up some statistics. I said, okay, we know physical health has gone to shit. Um, and it's just getting, it seems to be getting worse uh, in many, many ways. Let's look at statistics for uh, antidepressant prescription uh, prescriptions for- In regards anti to what? How many prescriptions are being put out? How many people are diagnosed now with oh my God. depression, oh, yeah. anxiety- um, well, uh, when my wife went in to get like uh, for a thyroid, you know, and her thyroid was low, so um, they're they're prescribing right away. They wanted to give her an antidepressant. <clears throat> that was the first thing, just because they could treat something right off then. of her thyroid. Yeah, that was the next. That was the go to. Because was the an symptoms, because her symptoms presented themselves uh, in a common way that many times you don't have necessarily something measurable. Although she did have. Uh, low thyroid, so that was the remedy. Right, but yeah, you're right. That's like the first line of defense. But what? But my point is, 
mental uh, illnesses are exploding in this country and suicide is at all-time highs in, in most age groups. Suicide. Hmm. Well, all, all this stuff is con- and, and we're like we're living in a time where things are we're not pe- we're not combining that at all like nobody's th- the no, thought process everybody thinks like, the mental part yeah, but is separate I think from that the that's all genetic part. what's yeah. hard is you have to tease out everything right you have to tease out that you know our our population is increasing at a rapid rate then you you bring in the stuff that and I know people are probably well, it's a, ti- per- it's tired a percentage of, of population so that wouldn't matter because oh it was it, a percentage it's, yeah. not a, it's not person you're not no no about, no that's not total numbers okay so percentage yes so that does tease that out but then you have to take into account other other factors that I think actually play into this also which is like social media yep ten years now we have only, that's all we have of this data of all these people you know posting pictures of themselves and getting likes or not getting likes and the oh my god nobody mm-hmm. likes me type of bullshit like that didn't exist it exaggerates that yeah. didn't exist 15 years feeling. ago when we were kids it wasn't like that like if you if you were sad and depressed cuz you didn't have friends cuz nobody knocked on your door and no one wanted to play with you or you were picked last like that was it like there mm-hmm. wasn't like i wasn't just getting this constantly bombarded with oh i don't i don't feel good about myself yeah, because your social more, status right? so, right. so i wasn't that, in check like constantly so that's what i thought too and and i am um, i would definitely bet that social media plays a role we don't have enough data yet because it hasn't been around long enough yet Mm. but i would definitely bet if i were to bet money i would bet it does although science has an interesting way of proving us wrong right (coughs) however if you look at the growth of uh diagnosis of these mental disorders it's been growing since the obesity epidemic began so before way before social media exploded you see this rise uh, 80s 90s early 2000s uh, that's continued rise. So it's not like we saw this kind of constant amount and then this jump. Well, then the, the debate with that would then be just the awareness of it and then people sharing it and we're now familiar with it because go back another 20 years or 30 years before that and it was something that we didn't even diagnose, well, right? Well, suicides. Suicides are up too in yeah. all age groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 for me, if I look at the whole thing, I think there's a lot of factors that you can speculate, but the one that I think is pretty guaranteed at least for me, and the, and the science show this, although a lot of people don't talk about this, is if your physical health is poor, you're probably not going to have great mental health, or at least your odds of having poor mental health are much higher. I don't, it, it's, it's interesting to me that this is even a debate mm-hmm. with a lot of people. We have studies that show that exercise and nutrition are as effective or more effective than antidepressants for treating mild to moderate depression, that's that's already established. Well, and this goes back to what we've talked about before, too, that a lot of people think they feel good because they, they don't know what great feels like or they've never felt their body at optimal and what it mm-hmm. feels like. So even those that are running around that maybe carrying themselves 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight and eating whatever the fuck they want and they feel like, oh, I'm totally fine, I feel I don't feel like I'm not, I'm not healthy, but that's because they've never actually – cleaned up everything they don't know what it's they don't know what their brain feels like or their body feels like when it's running optimally and you know even speaking from experience i remember when you know we went through the whole ketogenic process and for the first time in my life i was eating under 100 grams of carbs on a daily basis and it was it was a significant difference in my cognitive function i mean i could tell when we would podcast like this like it's, it's you know we'd talk on this goddamn thing all the time and you know, we're, we're talking about all kinds of topics and subjects and we're recalling studies and remembering information that I fucking learned years ago and stuff. And when I'm low, lower carb, higher fat diet, I'm way sharper mm-hmm. than when I am. And, and, I, and I've and i played with this multiple times where I'd be like, oh, let me introduce another two, 300 grams That's of carbs. That's what I found from fasting. Same thing. Right. Yeah, so much sharper as a result of that. And once you got through the actual, um, you know, hurdles of, of, you know, learning how to navigate in that situation and what real hunger actually feels like and then when I actually need food and when it's going to benefit me the so, most. So did you know there's some recent studies now that are showing uh, that uh, a ketogenic type diet can help treat or can be used as a treatment for anxiety and mild depression? Yeah. They're actually that makes show- sense. Yeah. They're actually showing now that exactly what you said. Now that I'm not, I don't, I want to be clear. It's not the answer. Uh, to everything, I think it may be good for a lot of people, and I think when well, people I, are in a study it's not like that, hurt people to try. Well, it, though. what know, I think is when you're when you're in a study like that, they probably went in with a shitty diet, and yeah. so yes, it was keto, but it was also probably an improvement. Right, you have to unpa- unpack that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, it's not the fact that it's the ketogenic diet that it's now making these people feel better or less depressed. It's probably the overconsumption of processed foods and sugar and carbohydrates, 
and then the switching over to probably more whole foods, mm-hmm. higher good healthy fats, and that it's really not the diet. I think that's what we were always trying to get that message yeah. across that it's not this yeah. such thing as a magical diet that's going to make a person feel this way. But there are characteristics that are that come from a ketogenic diet, which is hmm. eating a higher running higher on fat. ketones. Like feel what that feels like. A so, lot of people don't understand. Like you know, in your brain, like really, like it thrives with ketones. Like it's interesting. It, it it's, it's it's on that topic of running on ketones versus like glucose. You know, it's funny to me. Like, I prefer glucose if I'm like an athlete. Like, if I was always yeah. playing sports, like I wasn't was there, it's immediate, right? Yeah. And and but as a as an older adult who doesn't play sports every day of his life anymore, I prefer running on ketones. Mm-hmm. You know, for mental clarity purposes, satiety. You know, no cravings, things like that. It just seems like the body operates on that system better and then if you're an athlete then it i get seems it. more efficient yeah right yeah but oh. like if you're trying to be explosive or, or like do things like sprinting or you know that then obviously like for me like glucose makes a lot more sense well exogenous ketones are i've used them as a nootropic so i'll I ha- i'll supplement with them sometimes if i want to be more sharp and i'll take the exogenous ketones and i'll take it with like another natural nootropic or i'll mm. combine it with like the, you know, like Chimera Coffee that's got the nootropics. Yeah, in it. you're the only one that's been really experimenting with the exogenous ketones, right? Have you done any of that, Adam? I've taken them like twice. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan. Uh, you know, who was it we just recently discussed this? Rob with? Wolf. Was it Rob Wolf? Yeah. yeah. You know, he made some good exa- uh, good points. You yeah. know, he talked about like, here you've got the exogenous ketone supplements. You take them, so they do raise uh, your ketone levels in your body. So now you do have ketones, but people are taking this who also have adequate glycogen and mm-hmm. you know carbohydrates in their system. It's still in their system. So now... Yeah. Sending two different signals. Not yeah, only are you ta- sending two, two different signals, but the only time a human body will have high levels of both ketones and you know carbohydrates or glycogen present is in ketoacidosis when they're diabetic and they're not, you know, it's in an unhealthy state. Yeah, it's in an other unhealthy, words. yeah. Yeah, it's, otherwise it doesn't happen in nature. You don't get ketones unless you run out of Glycogen right. or ketones. And, and not to mention, too, we're splitting hairs here, too. Like, the, to me, and it's expensive-ass fucking supplement. Yeah, it is, man. Those things are like 50, 60 it's bucks like a CBD. pop for like a- Remember how much CBD uh, oh, we're looking into that? Dude, yeah. it's just- Oof. Yeah, no, it's it's just- Exactly. No, it's a great example. CBD is another one that we promote, talk about, because of the benefits that we have found. I mean, we just had an episode where we discussed about the, the health benefits behind marijuana, but, you know, of course, what we're going to do is we'll take a little bit of that science and good information. We're going to package it into a supplement, wrap everything around it, mm-hmm. make it sound like it's a fucking miracle supplement and charge you $60 to take this fucking CBD with. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. Like for the amount of advantage that you're getting for that, unless like you, we talked about earlier, if this was somebody who's got cancer or it's like, then at all costs, I'm trying yeah. everything I possibly can. But for the everyday person who's trying to use use ketones for better performance or fat loss, or it's like, come on, you're splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. I would much rather invest that money in something else that is going to benefit you long term. So yeah. I got some statistics here for you based on what we were talking about earlier with uh, you know mental health disorders. So uh, from 1999 till 2014, there's been a 65 percent increase. Wow, 65 in the amount of people using antidepressants. So huge jump, 65 percent increase, right? Fuck. Huge, now, huge jump. And now. There, there could be. There's two, two sides to that too, right? Because that could be the over pushing from the fucking medical side too. Agreed. Because mm. it's easy, it's more accepted. Yeah. There, it, because it's already going, so then they're they're pushing it on top of it. We, it's quick, it's easy a condition they can treat, but, right? Yeah. Real, real quick. Yeah. So I agree. Um, I agree. But the it's, and we probably know they're addictive. So it's a, it's just like a drug dealer. Well, I mean, they're not necessarily addictive, but they will have dangerous withdrawal symptoms when you go off yeah, of them. But that's addictive, but, motherfucker. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking addictive. So, so here's the thing. When you look at countries who have this kind of poor health epidemic, you see the similar type of pattern. Although the U.S. kills everybody in per capita prescription drugs. I mean, it's incredible. We are one of the most. We are the most. Oh, we're, the, we're the biggest drug dealer in the, in the world, bro. Yeah, by 100%, far, hundred percent. We're the biggest drug. Here's dealers some in the more world. statistics: Adults between 20 and 44, the uh, prescriptions of anti uh, of uh, ADHD medication and anti anxiety medications has increased 30 percent. So that's gone through the roof as well. So basically, across the board, these uh, you know psychiatric medications have exploded. And the diagnosis have have exploded, and I think we're in the middle of a a health uh, epidemic that encompasses everything, not just 
physical health. And I don't know about you guys, but you know, I've been training for 20 years. I don't remember as many clients telling me that they're on these medications or mm-hmm. suffering from anxiety like now. Like now it's normal. Yeah, anxiety it, is everywhere. It's normal. Yeah. When I talk to a client like nine out of 10 times, that is something that they want to work on. It wasn't ever really an, I don't remember. Well, there's just it. so many factors that contribute to that, you know, besides the, like the poor nutrition, the poor, you know, uh, stress and, and all this stuff, like, like just being connected all the time on your phone and just not being able to uh, unplug. And, you know, we talked about this and had people on the show that, you know, that have highlighted the addictive properties and just like how real that is and how like we just, we're just bombarded. We're overstimulated. Do you think part of it though is just that it's become more accepted? And so that's probably, that's part of why it's just like, oh, it's the norm. It's like, oh, you know, Susie and Tommy and -and so-and-so, they take- Well, I'm communicating. They take Adderall and they take this. Like, I definitely think that's part of it because as it becomes more less taboo than more people are willing to ask for it and then so on because when i was a kid that oh, didn't yeah. even exist like that that wasn't even in school like you didn't talk about it at least oh, uh, nobody i knew i didn't yeah. know any kids when i was in, in high well, school I think if and they, below, had it, they wouldn't have talked about it that's well, for sure oh you think so if it was yeah. your prescription that you were getting it was more you're embarrassed about it or whatever because kids have been getting back, prescribed yeah, back in the day no yeah. it has been but not yeah. like it where it's i mean no. you're, so you gotta go back I mean, I remember that's 15 plus years ago for me right so yeah. that's over 15 years ago, mm-hmm. that was not normal whatsoever. It wasn't until like maybe watching my younger siblings go through school and stuff like that. Did you hear kids, you know, taking fucking Adderall and all your other, and what's the other, Ritalin, Ritalin. and yeah, mm-hmm. all these other drugs to, you know, so they could study all night long and stay up like that. I wasn't introduced to any of yeah. that shit. Yeah. I wish I would have. I, mean, I probably would have done even taking better at that. <laughs> for performance. Yeah. Crazy. Would have been at least a 3.5 or a fucking 4.0. Yeah. Like yeah mm. 100, 100, 100, <laughs> I would have been stuck on this goddamn oh, podcast hey. with you motherfuckers. That's for <laughs> sure. You'd have been <laughs> like a PhD something. You'd have been a plastic surgeon. But I mean, again, I think this, to me, the scary part about that stuff is, you know, anybody that has dabbled with Adderall or Ritalin and you know what it's I mean fuck bro it's like it's like the best cup of coffee you've ever had in your life and you know if you're a kid who's trying to skip study and work bro the base molecule is I mean like methamphetamine it's yeah. a methamphetamine drug yeah it's legal yeah. that's the only difference it's, it's, you legal, know? it's legal crack is yeah, what it is yeah. and you know, you get your hands on that at a very young age talk about what that's setting up setting you up for long term like, well I mean Besides the psychological dependence, uh, you have a developing brain, yeah. which uh, your brain is plastic. Uh, in other words, it, it reacts to its environment and your nutrition and stuff, and that'll direct how it develops and mm-hmm. where it's going to you know, develop more connections and where it's going to have less connections. So you can't tell me that taking a psychiatric drug doesn't isn't going to affect that in right. some way. And of course, there's definitely people out there that need these, you know, these substances, these drugs, but I don't think it's uh, number one. I don't think it's as many as we think. But number two, I do think that because our health is worse, because the, our, our our gut biomes are so off, and that gets passed on generation because gener- they do find from generation to generation the the gut microbiome becomes less diverse each time because you get a lot of your fingerprint your your mom. Gut, from your mom. Yeah. yeah. And so if hers is worse, then yours is going to be worse. And then, you know, if, the, if your girl has kids and- You know, I was thinking about that as far as like, you know how um, they're coming in for like stem cell and all that stuff and they're, they're gathering all this for like further science like mm-hmm. down the road. Like I was wondering about that as far as like the microbiome, like if somebody were to kind of have like really- quality microbiome that they swab you know with a newborn uh, to set them up you know Fuck, even better the hard part is like what, we don't even know what a quality of microbiome well, we don't know it yet I'm saying down the, right, in the future like, for sure yeah. for 100, you know what I mean 100% when they figure this out we are going to see medications where it's specific bacteria for specific things. Oh, you have, and I'm not even exaggerating. Well, they're already they're already somewhat playing with that when they swipe the 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 mom's vaginal canal when after a C-section, right? I mean, right. you're basically putting you're putting bacteria into into their into their system or their mouth. Yeah, so they but I, but it. what I'm talking about is, and you mark my words, this is going to happen. Thank in God, medicine. we don't remember that. Yeah, you know what I mean, this is going to happen in medicine. <laughs> they are going to make specific or do you? Strains. Did you have this weird? <laughs> or do those kids? Is that like imprinted or, in your head? Or, or, or do you? those kids have oh. a weird fucking relationship? Oh with their mothers, you know what I'm saying? Mama. Like uh, yeah. they yeah. could be. I know, has anyone done a study on that oh, yet? Yeah. I don't know. That's oh, something that geez. I haven't. How long have they been doing that for? Has anybody done a study on that? Well, we have. We uh, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, C sections yeah. were like uh, a dime a dozen, not that long ago. Then we found out that it was what was the percentage of kids that were born with autism that went through C sections? It was well, it's just higher, higher rates, much of higher allergies percent. and all kinds of everything, things, right? Yeah. So and then, but how long ago was that? It wasn't ten years ago, was no. it? No. 
So, no, and the, the, so we don't know. There's always a cause and effect to everything. <laughs> yeah. So we might have fixed the allergies, but now you have this weird sexual addiction to mothers. Wow. No, dude. Yeah. First of all, if you're born naturally, you come through her vagina. That's why, why all that that's be worse? on you, porn. Well, yeah, swab now. coming through mom's vagina and getting it swabbed in your mouth are like two different things. Not really, dude. <laughs> Not really. I got an idea. Hey, yo, would you rather me swab my toe and put it in your mouth, or you want me to put my whole foot Gross, up? Gross, dude. <laughs> come on, man. Like, let's clean it up in here. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about that. Anyway. What I, was, anyway, what, I, what I was going to say is they're going to design specific, uh, you know, medications of specific strains for particular ailments, including mental ailments. Mark my words. You will see here, take this, this probiotic for depression, for anxiety, for, you know, whatever. And people are going to be taking them. That's the, that's going to be a huge part of medicine. Uh, yeah. The but the, yeah. The, the question that I have with totally. that then is it, is it better for us to use probiotics like that to kind of create this healthy bacteria, or is it better to again address lifestyle, eating habits, things like that I don't, I, to I, promote a healthier gut? I don't think we might. I don't think in many cases we're not going to have a choice. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, you know what I mean? I think that's going to be the problem. It's going to be like a. What do you mean? I think we'll always have the choice. I think the way our lifestyles are going, we are hundred percent heading in that direction because that's still better than the route we're going yeah. right now, right? So I, I agree with you on that. But then you have to ask yourself, like, you know, I could just, I could see it being not as good for us it, than it would be to change behaviors, habits, not go through certain. Ideally, both, right? Right, yeah. right, or, or or just the lifestyle. Yeah, right. I think it's it'll always go back. Overhaul. That, yeah. I think it'll always go back. Even you know, remember when I told you guys I started supplementing with vitamin D after I read you read the you shared the Harvard study mm -hmm. with me, right? He likes the D. Yeah, that's right. After, See, he's the one. Yeah. yeah, it is, right? So after after that, like then it kind of dawned on me like, you know, well, when I when I really noticed this happen was when I started working in gyms. I mean, I was literally born like taking in the sun all day. From sun up, sun down, I was in the sun to the point where I had a really really dark complexion. And it wasn't until and until I was in my 20s when I started working in gyms did I not have that lifestyle anymore? And it took about four or five years, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes psoriasis. Mm. And you know, we then you share the study with me years down the road. I'm and I'm medicating with steroids, doing all these things like that to suppress the psoriasis. Meanwhile, I've got this vitamin D deficiency that should have been fucking obvious, right? Knowing that all that vitamin D is is, is correlated with all <laughs> almost skin issues, and and then it makes so much sense to me that I was went from being somebody my entire life that was exposed to tons of sun, sunlight, getting tons of vitamin D, more than my body probably needs, to all of a sudden getting like zero, yeah. literally, like because I would I would work, I just got more freckly. I would get to the gym before the sun came up, and I would work till the sun came down. So and for years that that's where it was, and then all of a sudden this comes out, and you know. Vitamin D acts like a hormone in the body, right? Right. So my, another, yeah, right. So affecting that also. Oh, all kinds of shit. Right. And so for me, I so then I start supplementing with vitamin D. I noticed it helps suppress my psoriasis. But then I go like, okay, well, I'm one step better than what I was before. I'm still not like the no, ideal. The ideal would be in the sun. So, yeah. So now I've tried to, and I know that people, our fans love to hear when we like implement things like this in our life. So, you know, the other day I had to take a call, right? And I was on the phone. It was just a business call and it was like a 45 minute call and I was sitting in my living room because that's I was sitting there on the computer working and it was still sunny outside and I'm like what am I doing like I could I just stepped right outside sat in a chair it was a beautiful day it was like 75 degrees like why right and it felt amazing and I felt so good afterwards but just having to retrain myself to think about that like wow how easily I could just kind of cut that out of my life it was such a part of my life as a child and you don't think of course twice about it then I get older and be now because my body finally has expressed itself and said fuck you here's psoriasis for being an asshole and never being in the sun anymore and then Your body's I, a jerk. and then I go see then I go see uh, then, then I go talk to Western medicine and they say here's a steroid for it take some shots here's yeah, some put pill, some cream on it put some yeah. cream on it and then I'm like the whole rest of my life rubbing lather, cream on lather, myself lather. and not realizing that you know every time I get stressed out just a little bit about putting the cream on myself that's flaring it up more anyways and so mm. playing this game forever and then it's years later you hand me a study about vitamin D being correlated yeah. to it and it's like okay let me try supplementing then yeah. oh my god oh I should have just been outside more and, so, and not to mention the side effects of those steroids and creams that you had to use right. which sucks it just blow, it blows my mind that you go somewhere like that and they don't that they don't even mention that you know but part of it's our fault like how many people do you think if they went to the doctor and the doctor goes okay I'm looking at your lab results right now and here's what you need to do yeah. I want you get to exercise yeah. three days a Sunlight. week you need to get better exercise let's go outside at least 20 minutes a day and here's your new diet foods. Yeah, yeah here's your only. new diet and then they hand it to them you how know, many people would do it you know it's crazy you're right even, even I wouldn't do it but 
if you s- explain to me why I'm supposed to go out yeah. and, and what what I'm more than likely. So deficient. when you see the flare ups, you're actually going to like take that into consideration, right? I like, think oh, if you, I, I think, could change. It I think too. that's the missing piece, right? And this is why no one does that because you get 12 minutes with your doctor, so he's fucking yeah. blah, blah blah blah, and then tells you what to do, and then you're off. But instead, if I really under if I understood that I have this deficiency, more than likely that's the main reason, right? Whether it be I was genetically predisposed or not, like here I have this uh, deficiency from vitamin D because I'm no longer in the sun. So hey, you know I'm going to give you this cream or what about that? But really, what you should do is get out and get in the sun as much as you can because you're deficient in vitamin D, and that's how that's one of your greatest sources of getting vitamin D is that way. And maybe here's some food choices yeah. that you should make sure are in your diet. And like, oh, okay, thank you, you know. It's, it's, you know what though, they do that for certain things. Like when, when people go to the doctor and they're, they're given a, a statin or blood pressure medication, I know because I have family members that go to the doctor and the doctor will say to them, okay, we're going to have to raise your blood pressure medication. But you know, if you just lost weight and you exercise and you wouldn't have to take as much and you know what they do, yeah. they go take the fucking double dose. Yeah. They go yeah. take more medication. They're lazy dude. as fuck. And they're my, and they're my, my family members. My family do And I'll tell them like, this this is what you listen. You need to work out. You need to write. Nope. No, they don't want to hear. Wait a minute. You're healthy. You're taking a bunch of pills. Yeah. So yeah. Let I me don't think let so. me let me put it this way. They get pissed off when they have to take a pill more than once a day. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Do you know how many people go to the doctor and like, what do you mean I got to take it twice a day? Don't you oh, have one man. I can take once a day? <laughs> I don't want to have to remember to take it twice. <laughs> I want it's the big horse pill. That's too much work. I have uh, to remember it again. It's true, dude. Just gobble no. it down. It sucks. No, it yeah. is, it is. It's it's an uphill battle. Doug, you better bring on that fucking bird. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. All right, first up is X Griffo. Proper way to bulk up. Do you recommend it to build muscle? <clears throat> so bulking up is the the old school way of bulking up is eating a tremendous amount of calories calories excuse me for a prolonged period of time gaining lots of weight because that's what's going to happen and you get stronger and you build more muscle there definitely is an anabolic effect from eating more calories even people who are sedentary if they boost their calories will get initially there's there's evidence to show that they'll build a tiny bit of muscle initially and then they kind of lose that effect now that kind that even happens with people who work out if you dramatically bump your calories initially you'll get a lot of strength and a lot of muscle gain but that starts to come down really quick and then it becomes just fat gain so that's one thing to consider the second thing to consider is the best time to do a bulk is right after you do a cut right that is an incredible feeling I, and i have never felt yeah, it's like contrast and i've taken I've taken over-the-counter, you know, pro-hormones. I've taken all these different things, you know, supplements, whatever. There is, I can't think of a more anabolic muscle-building feeling than going from a cut mm. to a bulk. I mean, it's like, well, there's a it's ton- pronounced. Well, there's so many things that are that are benefiting you there, like that, why you get that, right? You get yeah. this anabolic rebound because you've been in a deficit for several weeks. I wish I would have known this because mm-hmm. uh, my first you know, fat loss, weight cut ever in my entire life was at fucking 29 years old. Like I didn't, my whole life I was on the bulk because I was the skinny kid who was always trying to build, maintain your muscle, trying to build muscle. So never in my mind would I ever think, oh, for the next three to four weeks, I'm going to try and lose weight. That just seems absurd. But Mm. had I known what I know now and had I gone through what I went through in my late 20s, I, this is what I highly recommend to any of the young hard gainers, and I say that in quotation mark, right? So for anybody who wants to build is to actually first go on a short mini cut for two or three weeks where you're actually restricting calories and dieting like you're trying to lose and then going back the other direction. You'll get such a crazy mm. anabolic you'll get a You'll get a crazy anabolic. You'll have lowered your you'll have lowered your caloric intake that's necessary to bulk and build because normally guys that are hard gainers like myself or had a hard time getting enough calories you know if i'm constantly feeding shoveling shoveling food 
I'm, my body's getting used and used to processing that, that right. much food. Well, well, on top of that, would you also suggest like maybe a day of protein fasting? So that way, when you come back into the bulk part of it, like you get even more responses. Well, yeah, even or, or intermittently fasting. Like, so what I would do is I would run, I would run a, like, this is the protocol I would run now. Like if I was the skinny kid trying to bulk up and build muscle, knowing what I know now and understanding uh, physiology the way I do now compared to what I did when in my early 20s, I would cut first for two or three weeks where I'm uh, at a, pushing as low calorie as my body can handle where, where it's relative from where you're at right now trying to lean out because part of what I'm doing by doing that too is your metabolism is going to slow down. Like your leptin is going to get suppressed. It's the opposite of what we tell people to do when they when they have a, a slow metabolism. Right, <laughs> right. It's the opposite, right? So I'm kind of trying to do that. I'm trying to, in a sense, kind of slow my metabolism down by cutting, reducing, reducing calories. And then I'm going to come back the other way. And when I come back the other way, you reintroduce 500 calories more than where you, wherever your main, your new maintenance is at. And you're going to feel like a fucking champ. You right do. Afterwards. And in fact, and you'll put weight on in quick. In fact, when I coach people through bulking now, even through their period of bulking, I have them inject low calorie days. So uh, the same. Okay, so this, it's really no different than uh, how we. I would recommend someone cut. When I'm telling, when someone's trying to get leaner, right? We actually I will, tell them to add calories. I'll first. undulate their calories and I'll give them a day or two that are higher calories because I know it, it it helps the metabolism. With someone who's trying to bulk, it's just the reverse. It's the flip. I'll have them most days be in a big surplus. And then there's going to be a day or two where they're actually going to be in a deficit. That's mm-hmm. another way I like to use it. And when people do that, they get more lean body mass and more strength gains from it and less fat gains from it. Yeah. And I know you're listening right now. Some of you listening who are thinking, I don't care if I gain some body fat. I'm, I'm really skinny. Yeah. No, no, no. no. You, you would rather gain muscle. That's the point. The point, is, it's, the point isn't necessarily you don't want to gain fat, although a lot of you don't. The point of it is you'll build more muscle as a result of utilizing if it this you, way. If you are not anabolically enhanced and you are trying to do this like everybody else you see on fucking Instagram doing it, you're going to have a hard-ass time because what's going to happen is you're going to put on, if you do what they call the dirty bulk or just get big, just right? eat a bunch of it's shit. It's winter. And this is coming up right now. You're about to see all the- Insta- Dirty bulk season. All bulk the Insta- season. All the Instagram turds yeah. are going to start posting there. It's bulk season. Yeah, it's like everybody- Fruity get, Pebble pizzas. Everybody yeah. is popping Pop-Tarts and we're going to go up 20, 30 pounds because it's winter and it's bulk season and out of that 20 pounds 16 of it's fat four of it is actually muscle so you did put some lean mass on that's why you feel your strength go up and you feel stronger in the gym and you look bigger you're filling your shirts out then you decide you're going to come back the other way and you go to an extreme cut to lose that and you're 16, back where you started and you're back where you started <laughs> and if you're very lucky you're up one pound of muscle Dude, you've been way better off gradually building it up i am speaking from personal experience yep. every year i would get my so i'm i'm six feet tall right i weigh now i weigh i walk around about 190 pounds i used to get my body weight up to between 220 to 230 every winter Every winter, I would gain 30 to 40 pounds, and then every summer, I'd drop it down and try and get to about 10% body fat, which would be probably anywhere between 190-something, in the mid-190s. Every year, I would do this, and I'd always come back the same. It wasn't like I was gaining muscle every year. It was the same kind of back and forth, and it just wasn't as effective as when I started to learn how to do these mini cuts and mini bulks, where I'd go on a two like a two-week deficit and then go on a four-week surplus. Two-week deficit, four-week surplus. Of course, overall, surplus is, is I'm in a surplus more often because my ultimate goal is to gain, but I would always have these deficits because I would notice just tremendous effects when I come out of them, bump up those calories. It would like it would all go to my muscle. In fact, if I got myself really lean, because there's a couple times where I got myself down into like the four, you know, the five percent, six percent body fat range, I would bulk and for two or three weeks. I would stay, I would be shredded. I would be shredded still. I would just get bigger. And it was like the most awesome, it's like one of the most awesome feelings. So that's the proper way to bulk. The improper way to bulk is to eat a shit ton of food all the time, consistently, week in, week out. You're going to lose the anabolic effect within a few weeks, and it's just going to become like fat storage. And not to mania. not to mention, once as a, as a male, once we get beyond, what is it, 15, 17% body fat, our testosterone starts to suppress. It can it can start so to affect it. I think it's around twenty percent. But is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think it's is it. I think it's more like fifteen. Is it really? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think it's like fifteen for a male, and maybe it's twenty twenty five for a female. Right. But once you start getting around that fifteen percent plus of body fat for a male, your hormone levels start to dip. Which that's the last thing we want to happen if we're trying to build muscle yeah. is to suppress testosterone at well, all. Well, fat is a is a estrogen sensitive hormone, and high high amounts of body fat in men act like estrogen and you'll see 
estrogenic like uh, qualities. Men and, get boobies, and they do. They do. So, yep, that's the proper way to bulk. Uh, mini cuts, mini bulks. Um, we talk about some you know what? There's we did a YouTube video. You and I did a YouTube video. We did that. On, we talked exactly about this. Yeah. Right? So you should on Mind Pump TV. You can go find where Sal and I discuss. I think undulating calories or something. Now, so what are your some of your guys's like now? Right now that we we know better. What are because I'm gonna actually actually I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bulk pretty soon. I'm gonna do a bulk uh, a mini bulk which I haven't done in a while like a concentrated one. I'm gonna do it uh, towards the end of. Uh, November going into December. I have it all planned out. and But the way I do it now is very different. Like the way I used to do it was all calories. Like anything I could eat, I would mm, eat. Mm-hmm. And the more I could eat, the better. Now I'm going to be eating, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use things like white rice, buckwheat, which are my two favorite sources of starchy, you know, gluten-free carbohydrates. Uh, I'll, I'll eat lots of bison uh, or ground, uh, ground beef, grass-fed ground beef. Um, you know, chicken, tuna, that kind of stuff, avocados, macadamia nuts for my fat sources, just high quality, high calorie foods yeah. is what I'll end up eating a lot more of. But I'll, I'll have, I will do more of the, uh, of the starches, buckwheat in particular. I don't know if you guys yeah. ever eat buckwheat. I don't really get buckwheat. I mean, the you ever eat buckwheat so cereal? pancakes. Yeah. Do they have buckwheat pancakes? Yeah. Oh. No, 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 Stax does buckwheat pancakes. I and so. I've had them, I've had them before. I've had them not that long ago, but it's not something, it's not a regular thing in my diet. I know Thrive Market is is where, isn't that where you get yours? Yes. So they they have these uh, buckwheat, I'm going to look up the, the name. Maybe Doug can find it for me, the brand um, that I get. These buckwheat pancakes that are amazing. And so, and I don't put tons of syrup. What, what, is, it, what does it call for? Mm. So the buckwheat is obviously taking is replacing the flour. So you're getting you're getting the buckwheat, and then what else do you do? You have to add eggs to it or anything like that, or is it literally like? No, it's it's yeah, it's I'm a sure mix. That's part of it. Yeah, you add water in the mix. No, no, that's you it. Just, you just add water. What? Yeah, yeah. You add water to it. I think and you're making your shit wrong. No, 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 no. Really? Yes. Uh, I showed you guys the other day. I know you did, but I don't. You didn't show me make you making it though. You didn't have to put eggs, no milk, nope. no nothing in it. You literally just water, mm-hmm. water, and the the mix. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Yep. And uh, they have ones made with buckwheat. They have some that are paleo, um, that are made with like almond flour and uh, is it is that the one Arrow. Arrowhead? Yeah. Arrowhead. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then there's another brand that I also eat. How okay. much is that? Three ninety five. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Retail five thirty five. Yeah. Dude, you know, there's so Six. many companies that are doing this, uh, like at the fitness conventions. Like this is like a big thing, right? Is all the the pancake the mixes. Mix. Oh, yeah, all the yeah, mixes. Yeah. They sell them. They retail them for like fifteen twenty bucks, dude. For these bags. Are those because of their protein like base? Well, or? yeah. Some yeah. of them are. You know. Every, okay. Here everything's go. got protein. Yeah, that's now. what I'm saying. Like everything's protein. So here's here's the other brand I like. It's Birch Benders, and they have a protein pancake and waffle mix. They have a paleo pancake and waffle mix, and they have a regular one and i my kids love them but anyhow yeah. but I, those are so both brands are on thrive market both brands are so birch benders is the other one that i like yeah see look see, that one is really really good oh i didn't although they have a protein one yeah yeah look at the protein one and look at the look, even the protein one's 479 479 dude okay. it, at, still at really whole foods cheap. that's it's almost seven dollars by the way yeah what i like to do is i'll make these in the morning and i'll just put butter on them and eat them just like that because i don't use syrup and they taste good dude they're they're fucking great. But I also like just straight up buckwheat that you can make into like a cream of wheat type of cereal. Mm. And it's just, the buckwheat is such an easy thing to digest. And I, I, if anybody, if you're listening and you have gut issues and you want to get in more starches because you're either trying to build muscle or get more calories, buckwheat is an excellent source of easily digestible gluten-free Carbohydrates, man. Uh, I'm not. I'm not using our Thrive Market enough. I didn't realize. Bro, you need to buy. Like everything's in there. You look at. Okay, so the protein one has whey protein in it already. There. All you do is add water. So there you go. 16 grams of protein per serving. Wow, dude. Yeah, for the protein pancakes. I don't have that one because it's got dairy in it. So such a wuss. You need to, dude. You need to do all your shopping there. No, I know. I have me proud. Katrina, Katrina has bought a few things on there for us, but I haven't gone on and like really done like a. I want what I want to do is, and we're due this week to go hit like our Whole Foods run. Instead of going to Whole Foods, I'm going to yeah. order everything. See if we can order everything off. I want to do that too. I've just been doing condiments and like uh, yeah. shampoos and all those types of things. But yeah, I, I didn't get realize more they, the they, food. they have that wide of a selection. Everything. They, yeah, they yeah. even and they have competitors for similar type stuff too. Everything. Which, everything yeah. you'll find at Whole Foods, you'll find there except. For 
for the perishables. Like you're not going to get tomatoes. And stuff I, like you know that. what? I don't. I, mm-hmm. I know when we interviewed him, he told. I can't remember how many different products they had. Do you remember oh, the number? What he said? No, it was a lot. It was. It was, it was a lot. It's and I'm, I'm wondering what that is in comparison to like Whole Foods and some of your normal mm-hmm. stores like that. I think mm-hmm. they rival that, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, I'm sure a, they're adding them all the time. Oh no, they're I, up there. Yeah, that's crazy. So well, may, for for the listeners, uh, thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, and then you get like all kinds of stuff that I can never remember, and that we get in trouble for not remembering. <laughs> I think it's what is it free membership you have too much stuff free membership uh you get your first three orders or twenty dollars off each order that's 49 dollars or more yeah 49 dollars or more plus free shipping plus free shipping right and the way it works it's a it's a 60 dollar a year membership similar like how costco does it Mm -hmm. but the cool part is you you do the mind pump code you get that it's basically yeah yeah, if you use the mind pump code you get the free month and then you get 20 dollars off your next three purchases as long as it's over 49 you basically get the money back that you'd have on the membership so and what what's so awesome that a lot of people don't realize how it works and like how they can get away with being so cheap is that and getting the product for wholesale is that they're not making there's hardly any margins on on the selling of the food they cut out all the middlemen and then what they do is that where they make their money is the memberships you know their membership is where they where they make their money they're not making it on the per item it's, and that's it, how they like get you away said with it's it. the Costco model online. So, yeah, no, it's so, brilliant with Whole Foods, right? Whole so Foods, yeah. I mean, getting getting you're getting all organic Whole Foods instead of your your Costco. Excellent, Kirkland. excellent stuff. Next question is from Taylor twenty four. Can you give any insight on how to read studies, what to look for, and how to determine if they are credible? Well, ask the study man. Ooh, this is a ask, good. Ask Google Magic over study there. Study Sal, <laughs> Professor Sal. Google Magic. That's like my. You know what? You that's know like what, my name at Burning. You know what was funny was today, Google Magic. It, hey, it's Google Magic. It's you, so shiny. You, you never cease to amaze me with some of the things that you you're able to recall. I mean, for the listeners, literally, I walked in this morning. Uh, one of the books, uh, audio books I'm listening to right now is called Subliminal. And I came in to like, I, I told Sal, I said, man, you would love this book. It's about the unconscious mind and the conscious mind. And they totally cite all these studies. And I start to tell a study and he finishes the rest of the study. And I was just like, this motherfucker, <laughs> I can't even one up you on this. Like, I don't know how you remember these studies. And do you have a source that you go to that's your go-to spot or are you all over? This is all PubMed. Like, what are we talking about here? So, uh, I, so I think... I've been thinking about this, and I think most of us have this ability. It's just for things that we find super compelling. So I wasted mine on baseball cards. Well, fuck. <laughs> well, think about it Dude. this way. Think about it this way. I wasted like, on think worse. Of, think of Don't your trip. think of your hobbies and the things you really love to do the most. You probably know like the different names of whatever, whether it's cars or shoes or clothes or TV shows or quotes from a particular actor or whatever. For me, it's just for whatever reason it studies, and it has there was no value in it whatsoever until I got a podcast. So thank God. We have a podcast now. I can use this totally worthless. You, you know. found your purpose. Yeah, it was cool at like like parties and stuff, and that was it. <laughs> parties, you know just see him up there like a smoker's jacket. Just hey guys, uh, yeah. I want to tell you about this microbiome study. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, I, out of, that I read three years yeah, ago. PubMed. I'd say, huh? Anybody? Where did everybody go? Great way to pick up on girls. Yeah. Hey, did you know oh. blue eyes didn't show up until thirty thousand years ago? And <laughs> what? Oh my God! Please uh, share yeah. that. That's the truth. That's <laughs> true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they, uh, call, so, they called you pussy. So slayer. no, no. This I've heard this before. Okay, so blue eyes weren't always around. No, no. It's a rather. It's a relatively new. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it was thirty thousand years ago. But it was. It, it's a relatively new in the whole scheme of things. So variation. What, what were the What were the common What are the common colors? Do you remember all this stuff? No, I don't remember that. I know uh, brown. Oh yeah, it has the most common mm. one. I don't know. Like and again, it's random. I'll remember random shit. It's, not, it's not directed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't direct it. So here's the thing with studies. Bits and pieces. This is a good question because you see a lot of um, sensationalized articles mm. uh, on your social media that will say things like red wine, yeah. you know, boosts fat loss. Super biased and, stuff. Yeah, eat chocolate if you want to, you know, gain muscle or a compound in chocolate was found to prevent Alzheimer's or whatever. Yeah. And so you'll read these headlines and you're going to be like, oh shit. And then you share it and you're like, dude, check out the study. It's freaking awesome. What you need to do is you need to look into the study and look at a few things. Controls. Number one, look at the sample size. So that means how many people are in the study. Yeah, there's four people. <laughs> it's yeah. irrelevant. You, could, you, they, could have, you see studies like that. You could. There, yeah. And you could pick four random people and just by chance pick four similar people who are then going to skew the fuck out of a study or even 10 people. Like if I, if I took 10 people from a gym and I sampled them and I asked them fitness questions, they're going to... The answers I'm going to get aren't going to re- really be representative of the, the population right. because the all can, out of six less than agree. half the population is working out. So you're yeah. not even addressing half of that's our, it. Yeah. 
here's in, in, in most studies, I hate to say this, most studies are done on males between, I believe, the ages of like 20 to 30, like college age or a little older males, white males. So that yeah, alone- a, We're the ones willing to experiment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah willing yeah, to experiment. Yeah. Test on me. In, in, in college, co- yeah. as projects. So that's the only part that people don't understand about studies is most studies that we see that are actually get promoted and put out there that are biased, it's because they're expensive to do. Yeah. And so it's not like we're running around doing all these great studies on stuff. So when you do see one, nine times out of 10- It's funded by it's someone. Fu- it's funded by a company that it already had a desired outcome before they went into the fucking study. So yeah. it's as biased as it comes. Yep, and you can tweak data- uh, how all over the, like however you want. I used to like, tell clients all the time. I'm like, give me any topic you fucking have heard about with health, fitness wise, mm-hmm. nutrition wise. I'll sell you on both sides of it. Yeah, I'll sell you how it's the worst thing for you ever, and I'll sell you how it's the best thing in the so world. So you, you. want to look to spend at, the data. So sample size is important. How many people are in the study? Is it double blind? In other words, the double blind meaning the study participants don't know that they're the ones that are being, you know, either the control group or the mm-hmm. tested group. So in other words, they don't know if they're getting the active ingredient when they're taking the supplement or pill or whatever. It could be whatever. The the people giving the test don't know either. That's important because because we know that if the even if they can influence, you can have an influence. So double blind meaning nobody knows who's getting what. So it's this big guess. The only people knowing are at the end of the at the end of the study who are getting the data. Then there's placebo controlled. Placebo uh, controlled means if we're going to give someone. If I'm going to test uh, something like an herb like turmeric and I'm looking at inflammation and, I'm, and I've got 500 people, I'm going to give 250 of them turmeric and the other 250. Nothing at all that's related. Something that looks like turmeric right. but isn't. You know, like here's this pill and it's got like sugar in it or something like that. <clears throat> And because <laughs> Which is a very bad example because uh-huh. if you're testing for inflammation and you yeah. gave sugar pills, wow, these you would levels inflame- <laughs> that's skyrocketing. That's a, that's a good <laughs> what point. What the hell's going on in there? I just got to call you on it because if you oh, fuck no. with me on that one for sure, yeah. wow, <laughs> looks like uh, looks like turmeric lowers blood heroin. That's <laughs> everybody asleep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so that's important. Double blind, placebo controlled. You want to see if it's peer reviewed. In other words, has it been reviewed by other people in this field? And then look at the consensus of studies. There's meta-analysis where they'll take many studies on this subject and you're going to see this general trend because one study will point you in a direction, but rarely is one study conclusive. It's typically going to tell you, oh, wow, it looks like you know, people who take multivitamins tend to live longer. Let's do more studies. And, Let's do more studies. And rarely ever can they duplicate a study exactly yes. the same. Lo- so many times, even like the best studies is like, okay, take this in, in generals, right? Well, like in general speaking, this it, is what it's like. It's Each inter- time there's new variables. It's interesting you say that. So when even when they make the study ex- as close to as the previous studies possible, and they try to mirror it, even then- uh, there's a, a large minority, but it's not a majority, but still a large percentage. I forgot what it was, something like 20% or something that are never, that are not able to be duplicated. So right. they'll take, what I mean by that is they'll do the same study and the results are different. So they can't find the same results that were found with the first study. That percentage goes up with psychological based studies or behavioral studies. Behavioral studies, uh, I think something like 40% of them, are they're, they can't be duplicated. They can't mimic them. Mm. So they'll find like, oh, people who listen to this music tend to act this particular way or whatever. Well, then they copy the study, comes out totally well, different. Well, now you're, now, you're, now you're getting me excited because this is what exactly what I was reading this morning with Subliminal. They talk about that's because like 90 95% of the information that our brain is downloading is unconscious. Like mm-hmm. we're only like this, there's only a small percentage is actually conscious that you're doing. Your eyes are downloading information, absorbing, take it in. So it's so easy for that to manipulate and become, make you biased on your decisions. So when you talk yeah. about behavioral science and stuff, this is where this gets crazy. Even with movement, right? They, they, they say that like, are you really in control of your movement or does your movement happen? And then you perceive it right afterwards. Well, and you could be walking into the study and somebody says something to you that has nothing to do with the study right before, and it could influence and change how you react to certain questions. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So, and you're right, and the brain can be primed to think certain things right. on access. So I'll give you guys an example. Uh, be, 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 I want you right now to imagine the color gray. Just imagine the color gray. Now, really quick, think of an animal. And it's likely that you thought of an elephant. Yep. Very likely. So I primed uh, I almost you with, said donkey. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's very, very likely reasons. that you thought of uh, an elephant. And it's just, there's lots of these tricks that happen in the well, brain. Well, you use it. We use this in sales. 
we use it in sales with lead, leading questions, right? When you're, you're leading people into a sale and a close and tying them down by getting them, to, you're priming them to say yes, right? Like, Dude, that's what magicians do all day. <laughs> Yeah, they it's, put an idea so in your head and they're like, oh. So yeah. Fun. But yeah, as far as studies are concerned, they, sh- they can direct you. Look at the consensus. Look at the controls. That's another one. How did they control the study? I love to give this example because it's a classic one. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, probably 30 years ago or so, that coffee was thought to cause uh, to be a, a carcinogen. So it was thought that coffee was bad for you because it, it, the studies done on coffee drinkers showed that they had a higher rate of cancer. The problem was in these studies, they never controlled for cigarette smoking. And 30 years ago, people who drank lots of coffee also smoked a lot of cigarettes. Ah. So it's just a basic example. You want to look at controls. How are they controlling the studies? Look at all these things and then start to kind of form an opinion. But I also don't want to throw an anecdote. Although anecdote is not evidence, a lot of anecdote points to different directions. And thankfully, because we have technology, we have the internet... We can go on forums. We can mm-hmm. read what people are saying, and you can kind of figure things out before studies come out. For example, you know, people have been talking about how artificial sweeteners affect their gut poorly way before the recent studies showing that it affects negatively affects the gut microbiome. People have been talking about how you know certain things will affect inflammation in a positive way way before studies come out saying, oh yeah, they're absolutely right eating these particular foods or whatever has you know has good effects on on inflammation so those are all the things you want to consider but or just fucking read Sal's Instagram page. There you go. Yeah. I never quote follow Sal. I never, I never put down the study either. People get so mad. Oh, I get. <laughs> What's great. the source? Why? Yeah. I get mad when people it's ask Google. that. Expect that. You know, yeah. Go do your work. He spent, <laughs> he spent forty years of his life fucking doing it. You should do it too. Do like, my research. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. <laughs> That's just Lazy. A- all right. Next is Mick the Plant Man. You guys talk about cardio not being a great component of longevity. And Ben Greenfield has shared how triathlon training has significantly decreased his telomere length. With that being said, how are these 60-plus-year-olds crushing it? Tell Ben Greenfield I don't give a shit about his fucking telomeres. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. It's a hot topic. Yeah, right, so, dude. Uh, so I'll tel- tell you what my telomeres are doing. So here, this is a great topic. I have uh, no idea. Now, telomeres are at the end of your DNA, and we can uh, they, they are a good... Uh, signal for aging so um if you're bio, you have your biological age and then your telomere will tell you your you know how old your body is in terms of uh you know uh, its health or whatever you know i feel like before you go further in the science here i feel like there's going to be a very fine line here that that you're talking about like it, you could easily overdo that and have adverse effects from it too for uh, from other parts from the running all the time so mm-hmm. you may have some benefits that that show like oh for longevity this part of running and it, and to well, me well what it, what he's saying is so Ben Greenfield talked about a decrease meaning when he trained for a triathlon his body aged uh, more rapidly. Oh, so, I thought he was saying uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 that no. That makes no. way more sense. Oh, okay. I was thinking just Sorry, Ben. I was just talking yeah. shit to you. No, 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 no. It, 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 it decreased. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Why, that doesn't conflict with what we've said. No, no. And I don't think he's saying that. I think he's just saying, what, knowing that, knowing what we say about cardio, knowing what, what Ben Greenfield said, oh. why is it that we see these 60-plus-year-olds who are crushing it in these competitions? Well, so, that, that, what's your goal? You yeah. can. That doesn't make sense they're to They're efficient at so, that movement. Why'd you pick this question? This well, is not, a, well, this is not a very good question. Is. I'll tell you Let what. Let me tell you what's wrong with it. One, we agree with that, with Ben. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And you can be 60 years old and and crushing your sport. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like, that doesn't mean... Well, this is yeah. important because... It doesn't mean optimal health. I, no. it, thank you. It's important. What do they look like? This is important because... like. Like a uh, fucking eating, skinny raisin. Well, eating—that's <laughs> what they look like. Eating mm-hmm. and you training. You run that much. Show me somebody who's been running for fucking yeah. sixty years. It is kind of raisin. Tell me somebody who's been. Ru- show me a protracted. picture of somebody who's been running for sixty yeah. plus years. Okay, yeah, getting closer. That to doesn't death. look like a fucking skinny raisin. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. Well, it, it's oxidative oh, stress, and it's it not just all. Fine. It's not just that all skinny raisin people run very long. That's not the correlation here. It's no. fucking that mm. when you do that, this makes you look like that. Yeah, that's what makes you look like. Skinny. Skinny raisin disease. Oh. So here's the thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Hashtag. Yeah, that's a new hashtag yeah, we're it. starting. Training and eating for maximum longevity is not the same as training and eating for maximum performance and vice versa. No. If you train and eat to maximize your performance, especially for stamina-based and endurance-based uh, sports, 
you are going to be taking away from longevity. That's a fact. So I hate to say that, but if you're, you know, you're kind of, you got to balance the two. Now, if you're a competitive athlete, this is your livelihood. Well, do your thing. If you're an everyday person that just wants to be fit and healthy, this is something you should look at because, you know, I could push my body and squeeze out another five pounds of muscle on it. Is it worth reducing my longevity and overall wellness? Right, no, right. it's not. Because five pounds isn't that fucking big of a difference anyway. Yeah. Same thing with taking 30 seconds off of your, your marathon time or whatever. So, you know, consider those two things. Longevity is very different. In fact, when they do studies on uh, the world's blue zones, this is where people live. You have a disproportionate amount of people who live to 100 or older, more so than the rest of the world. All of their activity, everything they do revolves around moderation. Yeah. It's all consistent, daily, moderate, low to the moderate intensity. intensity of their movement yeah, is moderate. Yeah, everything. They don't. None of them are hardcore exercisers. Yeah. None of them are competing in powerlifting. None of them are running marathons and doing CrossFit. No. They're all just. They're, they're very chill. That's it. They're yeah. they're chill. They're active appropriately. They challenge themselves kind of a little bit on a daily basis, but nothing extreme or hardcore. So yeah, training hardcore like like these sixty year olds that are crushing it. Um, they're, they they've literally got, are crushing it, they're yeah. crushing their back, and yeah. they've got a, they've got a, the benefit of you know they probably eat healthy and they move, so they've got the benefit of that, but then they've got the detriment of overdoing it. So when you, they're not going to necessarily live to their ninety or something, they're probably going to live to their you know like the normal uh, the normal age uh, uh, life expectancy that the average person gets to who doesn't exercise and doesn't eat right. See what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No. I I, I think that. And I think somebody who's been running, like, and I know we I, we tease the runners all the time on here, right? Like, we just like we're anti running. Poor, poor runners. I, I just think that there's so many people in the running camp that think it's the best thing for your body because maybe they've been in the best shape of their lives while they're running. And mm. I think that's mainly where we're always trying to address to people. It's like, no. And I definitely think that somebody who decides to run and make healthy choices of eating is far better off than the couch potato couch potato who never exercises and eats potato chips all day long. Like. Yeah, if we're comparing those two, absolutely, I'd rather see somebody run themselves to death than somebody sit and eat themselves to death on the couch. The person running themselves to death will probably outlast the person sitting on the couch and eating themselves to death. But both of them are not heading in the the, the best way for longevity for yourself, and that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But performance is different than longevity. Yeah, and there's quality of life. Like these 60-year-olds who are killing it in triathlon competitions, they probably love what they're doing. They're probably having a lot of fun doing yeah, it. Right. They're having uh, a blast. You know, okay, that's cool. Do right. your thing, man. Like, you right. know, uh, no. I love ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Terrible analogy. <laughs> next. Our next question is from T Fluid. Top five most functional lifts. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Let's start with number one squat for sure. What is the number one most functional lift? We're, I think we're all going to say squat, right? Right. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to disagree on all one. of these. I, th- uh, I don't think we'll disagree on any, but I think everybody the will have order. one. You weigh out. Oh, the order. You want to go in you order? Weigh out. Yeah, um, let's go in order. Okay. So most functional lift? Squat. It's got to be the squat. For sure. What yeah. do you think the second most functional lift? Deadlift? I'm going to go- Overhead press. I'm going to go with Zercher. <laughs> think about functionality, everyday oh, I behaviors. I see you're going with that. Yeah. How often do you walk around in a front-loaded carry situation where you have to pick and st- pick something up off the ground or grab? Right. To me, well, they're so similar. I know, I know. But if, so we're going, if you're going in order, one, then two, like that, I feel like you'll outrank deadlift. Then you take that true? box. And I mean, you put dead, it up on the shelf. Deadlift is overhead de- pressing. Deadlift is my third. Overhead press is my fourth. Okay, because uh. I, I would go barbell squat. Deadlift, then I would go overhead press, then I would go bench press, and then here's the problem with number five. I want to throw something in there that's like a lunge, ro- rotational though, because everything's so like you know. Well, you could do a rotational mm-hmm. lunge mm-hmm. or a multi-planar lunge, and now you're mm-hmm. killing it. Yeah, I would say that. Or what about some kind of a row or a pull-up? Well, no, you already you got to well, you get your deadlift in. I there. guess. Yeah, you got I your guess. deadlift in there. I don't know. To me, I go squat. I think we all agree on squat. I, I go Zercher squat, even though they're similar. I still think that you got to get a, a front loaded holding something type of exercise. Yeah. Whether you do, I it's, mean, it's a good point. You could combine the Zercher with say, Zercher with a multi-planar lunge, get real functional here. Yeah, you know, like well, you, you you want you know like after after you hit the big three or so, I feel like it's kind of like you could. Debate. Well, I would say goblet squat is very similar to just Zercher squat, right? Because it's like you're you're holding something in, but you're trying to keep like you're not really going to be lifting anything that's like much bigger than your body. Well, how about this? Let's go this way. What are the fi- what are the most functional or foundational movements? 
Because we can name like a zercher and a deadlift are both kind of hip hinging, right? Like just the patterns. Yeah, like what are the what are the what do they what do they say they are? There's like there's squatting, yeah. there's pushing horizontally, pushing overhead, there's mm-hmm. pulling horizontally, pulling from overhead. You've got rotation, mm-hmm. uh, split stance position, you know, movements, unilateral, unilateral, yeah, unilateral type movements, kind of la- you know, lateral type movements. You'd have to have something rotational in there. So that's probably the only thing that we we missed by all of us because you, you got to have something that's so we're not stuck in the sagittal mm-hmm. plane the entire time. So what would you? Yeah, well, I like Cossack, but it's not like. I mean, it's very functional, but it's not like a, like a staple, you know, I, 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 I give everybody. Here's something controversial that I think we'll agree on, but maybe some people will freak out a little, over, uh, a little over. What's more functional, overhead press or a bench press? Overhead press. Overhead press. Yeah. All I, day. Yeah, no. And I know a lot of people are going to argue with that because it's part of really? the big three. Who, who argues with that? Just the simple fact that one of them you're lying down on a bench and you can take half of your body out of the yeah, equation already makes it. That's not even a debate to me. True. Like if someone yeah, tries to debate you're that. You're not stabilizing your spine like yeah. the same way. It's just like yeah, Any, it make anything sense. standing that you're you're having to do with your feet planted on the ground is going to become more functional than anything and else. And I so. see it being mm-hmm. way more functional in all sports. Like I, which is I, also why I thought the whole stability ball craze of standing on the stability ball and do stuff like that is funnier that we call that functional because yeah. how often will you ever stand on a fucking round ball that's about to roll somewhere? <laughs> well, like, if you're in the yeah. circus, right? Exactly. Yeah. If you're in the su- circus, that's a functional movement. Otherwise. Not very functional. Yeah, back mm. in the day, that was a test of strength. Was overhead press. It wasn't bench mm. press. Came in later, much mm, later. Bent press. Yeah, that's a great. Oh, rota- that's a great. You one. want a rotational? Yeah, let's add the bent press for for yeah. The so there you go. There's moves. your rotational yeah, overhead better. strength and hip hinge all in one. I mean, that's I'm a, a, yeah, I like that. one. Did we make a, a bent press video for YouTube? Uh, yeah, Justin did. Did I do a long one? time ago? Long, Not long, long time ago. At the other gym. Yeah. Oh, good. So you can go to our yeah. YouTube channel and look up the bent press. It is an old school. Extremely functional movement. Old-timey. For you bodybuilder types or people who like to develop your muscles. Mind pump TV. It'll give you an incredible back and delt development. Watch your back, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a delicate movement if you haven't rotated like that before. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.